Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. My name is Colby Drost. I'm the president founder. Paragon Sports Consulting is a player advising firm helping players of the ages of 14 through 20 navigate their path to college hockey. Uh, today, we have a special guest uh, from the BCHL Alberni Valley, uh, Joe Martin. Joe's entering his second season with uh, Alberni Valley, spent eight seasons in Merritt. The last four of those eight as the head coach, uh, he was named coach of the year in the BCHL in 2018-19. Uh, and a part of uh, Team Canada West over the last three years of the World Junior A Challenge, and, and he won a championship at that event in 2017-18. I guess, uh, Joe, thanks again for coming on here. How are things going? How are you guys dealing with all this craziness with the COVID? Yeah, no, thank you, Colby. It's, uh, things are going really well. Um, the, the COVID stuff uh, uh, has changed uh, protocols around games and, and practices, and I guess the the habits of, of junior hockey teams. So um, some of those have been instilled in, in staffing and, and players for, for many years. So uh, a bit of a process to change them and things take a little bit longer, uh, but everything's been, everything's been good in the, in the BC league. Everything's been good here in Alberni and um, you know, we're able to play games when, most of the rest of our country uh, is not, um, and a lot of junior hockey uh, players are not, and so it's a uh, it's a good time when uh, when our players can you know, obviously play a game. They get pretty excited. It's uh, different without the fans, but um, you know it's the main thing is we're playing and, and people can watch. Yeah, I think touching on that before we kind of get into the league and and you guys is. Talk about like I, I talked to a lot of colleges and they're just like I don't people think people realize like you guys playing itself is big but even having like high quality video like the colleges are still watching even with the dead period like they're all over the video right yeah it's uh, you know it's I think there's there's been a couple of uh, of people in our league that have done a real good job with video over the years and uh, this is forcing us to get uh, uh, the rest of the league to just get better and continue to improve it because it's you're realizing how much it matters now. Um, not that we didn't understand it before, but, you know, it's, it's very important, you know, first off to the players, uh, parents that are watching and, and they're not coming to every game anyway. So it was always important to them. It's just, it just means more now to me on, on how professional uh, our video is and, and how we can improve it. Um, the colleges. Yeah. Like there's guys that, uh, you know, I'm videotaping practice and sending it to guys and just because they're, they're starving for information. They want to see, you know, they've heard a lot about our players and, and the new recruits that are here and what do they look like in junior hockey. And if you're a college hockey coach, it's uh, you gotta, you have a bit more time on your hands right now. And a lot, I mean, every assistance, their job is to recruit and, you know, now they're not traveling, so they had to sit in their, their office or hunker down at home and watch a couple of games. And we're taping scrimmages and, and sending scrimmages to guys. It's going live on hockey TV. It's uh, trying to be as creative as we can and, um, you know, helping our, helping our players. Is, uh, that's our job. Good, good. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Um, I think you're our first guest from the BCHL. So, like, obviously people know British Columbia, but – Give us like a landscape of the league just for someone, you know, that may not be familiar with how far it spans and kind of uh, the geography of it. Yeah, for sure. The, um, well, where we're situated, we're the furthest West team on the island or on the NBC. We're on a, on Vancouver Island, which is, uh, 
I don't think it's hard to compare probably with a lot of places in, uh, in, in the States, but uh, especially where most of the hockey players are coming from, which is the East, but um, very similar to Oregon and, and Northern California where we are. Uh, weather is amazing in the, in the summertime, um, big sandy beaches and, and big trees and mountains. So it's, uh, um, it's a pretty, it's a, be a beautiful place. The rest of BC is very scattered with uh, mountains and trees as well, but uh, uh, that kind of gives you an idea of what it looks like here. Um, outside of, outside of here, the uh, we've got four, four teams that are on Vancouver Island, um, and then uh, Powell River, which is technically on the mainland. Uh, they, those five teams, historically made the island division. Um, prior to COVID, we were going into a two uh, division league so two conferences going forward and it will go back to that next year uh, I like that it increases the competitiveness um, you see more teams more often um, it's uh, you know it, it's 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 good to get to play uh, the top teams as much as you possibly can in my opinion so I like it um, that that other part of our conference will be joining from the Vancouver area. Uh, the population in Vancouver is the highest in, in BC. So that's why there's a lot of teams around there. Um, the rest of the, the league is, is made up of a hub in the, what we call the interior. So it's about uh, three hours North of uh, the Washington border, Idaho border. And uh, um, there's a four teams there. And then from there, it's almost, there's a, there's one further to the North. Uh, which is Prince George. And then there's two further to the east, Trail and a brand new partner this year, Cranbrook, um, who uh, I think has made their name a little bit uh, well-known in the eastern part of the U.S. with, uh, with some players coming in. Um, the, uh, you got a good player there from Berkshire, I believe. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, so their names, uh, you know, they'll be out there. Obviously, Ryan Donald is the head coach there. Ryan uh, spent uh, the last few years as the assistant coach at Yale University. So um, Yale has done a great job with with, uh, with prep school players. The guys are – and parents that are listening, I'm sure they'll see Ryan amongst the ranks or the Cranbrook team. Um, but the uh, – that's kind of how it, that's how it uh, lays out geography wise. We, uh, in a great year, a normal year, uh, we would go into everyone's rink at least once and they would come here at least once. And then you play your division more. So the guys that are, that are here, uh, they get to tour around our, our beautiful province, um, on a, on a good bus. And, you know, for here, we travel always the day before. So it's, uh, mostly traveling during daylight hours, uh, except after games. But, uh, so it's, uh, they get to see a lot and do a lot. And it's, uh, it's a great place. I mean, I'm, I come from Ontario. So it's uh, this is a place that I'm not, uh, you know, it's not my, my home. I've been here for many years now out in BC, but uh, as far as there's lots of great places, you know, across both countries, but uh, we're pretty lucky to play hockey here, especially this year, but we're pretty lucky to have, uh, have the jobs that we do and in the barns that we get to play in. It's a great spot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when I, before I became an advisor, I spent four years in Dubuque. So I would come out there and I've been to like Kelowna and Nanaimo and all the places very different, but all pretty awesome. It's a pretty awesome place to play hockey and travel to, to rink to rink there. Cause it's a, uh, it's a unique setup, but also like you said, really beautiful, I guess talking about the competitiveness, like you touched on that, but I think uh, again, from my research, I think when I looked, it was three guys drafted this year in the NHL, nine BCHL alums were signed as free agents leading up to the draft. Obviously there's plenty more, but I think in the last five years, 
I saw there were 21 guys drafted in the NHL directly from the BCHL. So we're not talking about alums, guys coming straight out of the league. Um, and over, you know, hundreds of NCAA Division One commitments. I mean, what, why do you, like, why are people so high on the BCHL? I guess, what, what would you kind of allude to it being so competitive? Why are kids flocking there to play? And maybe just touch on, like, how good the league actually is. I'm, I'm shocked that there's players and parents still, whether it's in the U.S. or, or even some in Canada that, don't understand like how good the league actually is. Yeah. Yeah, it is good. I mean, we have, uh, you know, first of all, we have new players joining this year that are joining out of midget and you know what it's like as an advisor, uh, you know, recruiting these kids and, and for you, you know, letting their parents know and their family know kind of where they're probably going to fit in their first year. Um, everyone expects that or wants them to do extremely well, but there's a learning process and uh, it takes a bit of time to get up to the speed of the play. Um, so when new guys are joining, they, they kind of, they quickly realize that the rest of the league is, is very good. Um, and it's, uh, I think that, you know, what we, you know, contribute to the league being very, very good too. Uh, historically, it's been a great league. Um, but I think it's a couple of things um, like the rinks that you mentioned, the nice places to play, the real good fan support. Um, you know, when you have a lot of people watching you play it as a player, I mean, you always like that. So that's, that's one of the reasons why it's always brought players from across the country, uh, both countries to come play. Um, but now outside of that, some of those programs have taken it to another level and they're pushing the, the pace, uh, pushing the needle of the league uh, as far as they can. Uh, the league is being very uh, innovative with, um, you know, goal cams right over the, right over the goal line. Um, video replay for for our uh, referees to, to check on things in the you know with the iPad um, the fighting rules dropping down drastically you know years ago which is all Canada did or all hockey did this but getting rid of the red line lots of uh, hybrid icing um, offensive zone faceoffs no matter how the puck goes out in the zone so we're always trying to be a leader um, actually we're not trying to be a leader we're just trying to make hockey fun and make it uh, entertaining and creative and and getting our guys ready for college. That's our job is that players play here. And when they go to college, they don't just watch from the stands. They, they get in the lineup because they're ready to play. That's the most important piece. Uh, I think as a player is being ready and it's a, it's a, a huge jump from junior uh, to college. So it's, uh, you know, helping those guys. And I think the, the main thing for me is that there's a, the league many years ago and then, the teams following suit, pushing the needle of the league. Uh, and if you want to be a, a good program, you better keep up. Uh, if not, try to lead yourself. So I've taken that approach my last couple of years in merit. Um, and then now here it's with a new ownership. That's the, that's the idea is, um, you know, just be, you know, be an innovator, uh, do things with your players. that uh, you know, no one's doing and, and, uh, you know, and, and just breed on success of, of players. Now, only one team wins a, a national championship. And in, in Canada, junior hockey, there's almost 120 teams. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, obviously the BC League, you know, you're going to send a good winner from the league. But uh, the job, we always want to win. But uh, the job is to move players on and and uh, have their name on a, on a back wall at the back of the rink to, to show the next Bulldogs down the, down the road. Yeah, I think like touching on that, obviously, you know, everyone taking their own initiative. I mean, some people too, you touched on it, like you guys are trying to make hockey fun. You know, obviously there's, there's going to be a lot of offense involved in that. 
know, you constantly hear about like a description of what kind of style the league is. Would you, would you say there's actually a certain style or is the league unique in that, you know, all the teams for the most part are building their teams differently and, and there's not really a general style. I mean, you hear sometimes, oh, it's very offensive. It's run and gun. It's prep school hockey on steroids. Like what, is there any mm -hmm. kind of description you would give it? Yeah. yeah like that's the, that's the constant. So when you're in the recruiting you know, whether it's a battle or not, but you're recruiting a player and you're recruiting a player from the U S or even from Eastern Canada that, that doesn't, you know, live here and get to watch it. Um, that's always what they say. Like, Oh, I hear it's offensive and it, and it is. Um, but we have a 17 team league and some teams are, are not quite as good as others. So, I mean, that might lead to a, uh, an offensive score, but you know, those teams that, that are struggling earlier on, they get very competitive by the end. So everything kind of tightens up. Um, I think by January on a normal year, January, December, January, that's when you see some of the best hockey, um, heading into playoffs, it's gotten really tight and, and, uh, offensive, uh, uh, chances are hard to come by, but they still happen. Um, I think my feeling is why it's, why it's thought of that way is our league has made changes much like, uh, following suit of the NHL really is to open up the game, um, taking out like our, our referees are really challenged on interference calls um, uh, any sort of stick work and then anything that's a nasty hit uh, you know blindside hits out of the 90 anything to that like it's just automatic so it's what it's doing is it's changing the habits of players um, I think they're still being you know they're still playing hard they're still hitting for sure I'm not saying that but it's it's just changing the habit uh, and really the, the driver is getting them ready for school. Um, college hockey is very fast, uh, very good with the puck. Um, you know, you got to be good defensively too, but you know, the belief that I have anyways, the majority of offense and defense is done with your feet and how you can, how you can get around the ice sheet. So it's uh it's a combination of things. I, I don't think it's a, it's a 17 coaches that just say, let's go five on O's here all day long and, and yeah. we'll just trade our chances. It's uh, it's a combination of the, the rules that we have at play. Um, and when you have those rules and the type of players that you're looking for, you're like, I mean, you know, like you're, you're looking for guys to come out here that they have to be able to skate the level, skate yeah. the level, think the level, uh, and they're pretty good with the puck. You know, those are almost the three first things. And then, uh, you know, but as a coach, it, it is difficult to, to be with players that can't play defense or, or need to be taught defense. I mean, we're hoping those are those are lessons that have been learned through Bantam and Midget. But um hope that kind of gives you a, a little bit of an answer of yeah, why. No, no, I think it's a great yeah. answer, to be honest with you. So people understand what it like the transition, what it's all about. And it is different. But at the same time, it, it's a high level. I think that the bottom line with it is like regardless of the type of team type of player like these kids have to be able to think it at a high pace high level and, and obviously all these kids I mean again you have NHL draft picks playing in the league you've got guys that are going to get drafted and guys going to schools like North Dakota Arizona State so it, it's it's the best of the best and I think too like touching on the league I guess before we get into Alberni Valley is I mean obviously I just mentioned some pretty good programs and NHL prospects and all that stuff but Talk about the exposure, like like colleges consistently coming through the the usual showcase event that usually kicks off. Maybe just touch on like that. There's probably a someone from every single college program there, NHL team representative, or, or in some sort of fashion, and then how they come through throughout the year consistently. Yeah. So the um, you know if if we're 
skipping forward to, to, to 21, like our exhibition season would happen. It's very short here. It's a bit different than uh, other junior leagues, but it's anywhere from, you know, some teams have three games, some teams have six games. So it's a, it's, it's kind of a, it's not a league uh, wide initiative. You, you kind of look after your own exhibition. Um, most teams do it geographically, which makes a lot of sense at the start of the year. Um, that would be uh, middle of September. You get a handful of games out. You kind of shape your roster a little bit. Uh, and then you get into ex- you get into the regular season uh, towards the end of September. And the showcase is right around there. So our showcase, you know, the last few years has been in Chilliwack. This year it was moving to a different place. Um, we'll see where it ends up next year. And it's uh, it's got uh, every team in the league. Um, everyone plays two games, happens over four days. So it's, you know, hockey all day long. Um, we're trying to get it only on one ice sheet if we can. So all the scouts can just stay in one spot for four days and, and watch. Um, every NHL team is represented by at least one person. Um, as long as the, the showcase uh, doesn't overlap uh, with another showcase and uh, like the Fall Classic or the, the North American Hockey League or Alberta, um, which is the ones that we've kind of usually been close to in the past. We're just trying to be creative with our timing on it. Um, then uh, uh, we'll have every school there. And sometimes the schools have to operate. Uh, they'll come to us for two days and go to somewhere else for two days. But every, they got to see every team play at least once. And um, to be honest, the smarter guys stick around the whole time. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> you got to see a player play more than once to before you can really offer them a scholarship and, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that have been recruiting in our league for a long time. So those schools that you mentioned, and I mean, they're, they're watching guys in exhibition. So a lot of our, so a lot of our guys are, will be watched in, in tryouts. So there's, there's the peripheral player too. That's, you know, that's a young kid that's here for camp. You might have two or three schools watching on a, on a random Tuesday in the early September. And then that assistant coach is staying out in BC for three weeks, sometimes a month. And they got to tour around seeing 17 teams and, and then catch the showcase at the end of it all. And uh, I feel for that coach's family, but uh, um, <laughs> you know, they, the, the guys that you recognize and, and the guys that you, you get a, uh, you know, a good relationship with um, there's no question why they get the better players from our league. They really know the inside and out of them and, and their programs are usually successful. Uh, they're not, just BC kids are getting kids from all sorts of leagues, but uh, they're getting the right ones in my opinion um, from here. So it's uh, there's a lot of work done by the schools in our league. And um, I think the, the showcase uh, caps it all off with, with the NHL. And um, I talked to a lot of NHL guys who came to watch our exhibition games uh, early on. And um, cause we were, we were allowed to have a couple people per game and under these COVID uh, measures and uh we found a way to make them NHL guys. Um, but uh, it's, they're, they're missing it that, you know, there's uh there's a lot of guys that have watched hockey for a lot of years. You know, some of these guys are, you know, some of these guys are in their seventies and they've been scouting for 40 years. And uh, you know, this is an odd time for them. And um, you know, they're really missing something right now. So it's, it's fun to see all those guys uh, in, in September um, at the, at the showcase. And, you know, they're uh, they live and breed. Uh, breathe hockey all day long and they like seeing the young guys and, and the young guys in our league. Um, I think the big thing that's uh, another big difference in our league is, you know, compared to the Western leagues, the Western league is, you know, in major juniors, it's still a, it's still a big thing in Canada for sure. Um, and, and obviously some U S markets as well, but uh, uh, the early on in their career, the junior players in, in the BCHL, they're allowed to make mistakes. 
Like we're, we're challenging these guys to get better. And, and I believe you, you got to allow a player to, to find the end of their rope. And sometimes early in a Western hockey league career, it, it uh, um, you know, the coaching or the leadership is a little bit different and uh, that sometimes is not allowed. Uh, it's almost more, more like you're shaping the player first. And here it's uh, I, I don't believe in that at all. You got to find uh, how far these kids can push themselves and then start working with it after. Sure. Yeah, no, I think you touching too on the coaches being out there for like two or three weeks. It's like, um, you know, I don't think people realize they're not just there watching games. Like they're doing homework. They're coming to practices. They're seeing how the kid practices. If, if the kid doesn't even know they're there, you know, whatever they want to see as much as they can find out about a kid. And then obviously talking to you and, and getting the background story. Um, I think moving into like Alberni Valley, like I think you touched on it a little bit about what Alberni's like, but Talk about, you know, the facilities, what were, were you guys skating, working out, gym, you know, what is that daily, I guess, Monday to Friday, you know, it can change week to week, depending on game schedules. But if someone's coming to play for you, what does that kind of typical general Monday to Friday look like? And where are they doing all this stuff? Yeah, I think that's the, that's one of my favorite questions to answer with, uh, with families, because we have a, we have an amazing setup here. Um, really, really lucky. Uh, right now, we're only playing Fridays and Saturdays, so there's no midweek game. Uh, in a BCHL season, you play two and a half games a week. So sometimes it's Friday, Saturday. Sometimes it's Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. Um, but right now, it's uh, Monday. We have uh, 10.30 till 11.30 ice time, which is optional. Um, and then we have uh, 12.30 to 3 o'clock ice time, which is our practice. Um they're in the gym before that. So we've got three different groups in the, in the morning and then our school age players go to the gym at seven o'clock at night. We mix in some veterans with them Tuesday, uh, back in the gym in the morning on the ice from one thirty to four fifteen. uh, school guys in the gym Wednesday. We're not in the gym Wednesday. We have ice at 10 30 to eleven thirty again, optional. And then, uh, one thirty to four fifteen followed by yoga at five o'clock uh, here in our yoga studio. And then on uh, Thursday, back in the gym, and we're on the ice from 1.30 to 4.15. Friday, which is t today, um, is a game day. We're on the ice at uh, 10 o'clock for a game day skate for about 15 minutes. We pour over some special teams video. We got Victoria coming here tonight, so... We're working on our power play right now. We're not too focused on their kill, but we're more working, you know, on what we're doing. Uh, we'll get ready for. We'll have a penalty kill video prior to practice. Uh, guys, uh, go home. School age players go to school, uh, get some rest, come back around four thirty, and uh, have our meeting before our game at seven. Saturday, uh, we're at home again tomorrow. But Saturday, if we're on the road or at home, we got a meeting at eleven thirty. Go over video uh, on what. Uh, that team is that we're playing that night, just mostly special teams. Um, some little things that we're working on, whether it be a four check or not, and then uh, go home, come back for the bus or, or come back for the game. And then Sundays are completely off. Um, it's usually football and uh, guys get into, you know, hang out with each other, you know, at junior hockey, go to different places, go, you know, the guys go for breakfast, uh, whatever it may be, get an extra workout in if you're, if you're, if you're weren't playing cause you're injured or what have you. Um, and then we repeat it all again on, on Monday. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think people too don't realize like 
it's a, it's outside of the, uh, the physical commitment. And, and obviously it's a lot of work. Like you said, kids coming from midgets prep school, it's a, there's a transition for the mental side of it, right? Like you guys are asking these kids a lot of, uh, to be focused and be kind of tuned in, you know, Monday to Friday. And then, then you're playing games and there's kind of a short turnaround week to week. Do you see a lot of kids struggle with that in the beginning, as far as that transition from maybe prep school midgets, where it was a little less structured and, and that environment's not as intense? Big time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, every year, uh, doesn't change. Um, you know, the biggest thing in, you know, in, in hockey going forward is, you know, this thing is, you know, junior hockey, then college hockey and pro, which is the play with the puck and the passing. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it just, it gets, you know, better and better. And, you know, right now it's, it's almost like, I know that they're not thinking this, but they're just not thinking it. It, it looks like it's okay to be sloppy and it's not okay to be sloppy. If you're, if you don't have the puck, you're playing defense. If you're playing defense, all game you lose there's you don't have a chance yeah. to win so i'm not saying you play offense all day long you have to defend but if you have control of the puck and you give it to their team you're in trouble so the that right now it's uh, it's still learning that um how important passing is puck placement um how to defend and keep pucks away from dangerous areas and it's sometime well to be honest i don't think it's ever talked about in some programs before they come to to junior hockey so it's right now and, and to be on like all these kids can do it it's just purely the focus of that exact moment the focus of i'm not going to backhand cross this across the rink i'm yeah. not going to try this extra move in the neutral zone just the focus of that moment and and helping players understand why it's so crucial um sometimes it's a bit of a process but you get there and through you know through video through coaching and, and through practice they get there and it's but start of the season for sure you got all walks of life um you know let's let's just say it every, every player that's coming into junior hockey is has been somewhat offensive in their past if not you know the best offensive player on their team and now they need to know when that comes out and, and when they when they can and when they can't do it yeah, I think how much of that, like two two questions actually you brought up. One is, is how much of that is recruiting, like you knowing what, okay, like I like this kid because he does this and this, but he, we're really going to have to work with him on this and, and that'll come with him being in a better environment like Alberni Valley and, and then obviously getting coaching from you. Like, do you guys kind of understand what you're bringing in and what he needs to work on? Yeah, for sure. We try to know it's, uh, um, you know, all things about a player and, and kind of have a little bit of a, of a brief paragraph on with our staff on, on the players. Cause we don't have a draft. So it's, you can't just, you know, you're not going to draft these guys and then they come in and, and then you pick the best ones. Like when we recruit a kid from the Eastern United States, like, or, you know, from that far, which is I'm sure a majority of listeners are, is they're coming to play for us and barring them messing up off the ice, which, you know, is almost next to impossible uh, these days. Um, they're here. They're not being traded. They're not being cut. They're here. So it's a, it's a, well, I think with the, with the, with the divorce rates, it's more, it's way, it's, it's a way better marriage in yeah. these days for a junior hockey player to come play here. Um, because I, it's a lot for that, in my belief for a player and a family to decide to come play for us. So we better know all the little things, the good, the bad, what they need work on and every player needs work. They're not going to be a hundred percent ready for college. At, you know, when they step in, that's why they have to play junior and uh, whether it's one year or two years and yeah, we just, 
every player they're, they're not warts they're just uh they're just little things that they need to improve upon and every player has them it's it's quite okay to have them and um you know and but the skill set the, the high-end skill set whether the high it's, it doesn't have to be always offensive but that the skating the thinking the plays with the puck um you know those things have to be there if they're a great defender or really hard to play against um, or they bring some other attribute where they're awesome on draws or, or certain little things like that. That's all a plus, but I think those three things have to be there for us. And, and then we try to improve the, the rest of the package before they leave. Yeah. I think last thing on, on that kind of, I mean, we're talking transition improvement, knowing the player, I guess how, you know, you, you, you touched on it and you're getting these kids and typically some of them have scored, you know, 50 goals in a season and some of them are never going to do that again in their life in junior or college I mean how hard is it for some kids or, or I guess do you see the kids that kind of recognize like look you know they're they're 15 games in I might not be the goal scorer in junior but I'm going to be a third fourth liner and if I just embrace that you know I'm going to have success and I'm going to be a really good college player are there a lot of kids that struggle with that in your from your perspective or yeah everyone thinks they're the top player for sure yeah. Yeah. and uh um I I like there, sometimes you get a kid to come in um, and is like, whether it's uh very, very rare as a 16 year old that comes in and, and is that player. And I don't think 16 year olds really think that way. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, an 18 year old that's leaving a prep school, uh, you know, with a big college commitment, um, they think that way, but you know, in, in prep schools, like sometimes you're playing a team and it's a two, one win and the next night it's a 10, one win. Yeah. And, <laughs> You know, so some bad habits can come in. So it comes down to the individual. There's nothing wrong with that kid that, that comes in and thinking that way. Nothing wrong at all. They're just, they just need to be, they just need to have some lessons learned. And it's not that it's going to come from me. It's going to be coming from their self, you know, awareness and self-realization playing in the game. Like, geez, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And when they come around with it full circle in their own mind, that's when they're, that's when they take off when a player can really uh, self evaluate where they're at and embrace it and do the little things after practice. I mean, I just talked about, we basically have three hours of ice every day and I'm not going to eat that up with three hours of system play and practice. Like there's a lot of time to your own. We have three coaching staff on the ice with you during that time. Plus our goalie coach, like there's a lot of ways for our players to, to improve and for a player that really doesn't just take his gear off and and take off because practice is over if they put in the extra time on working on chipping the puck out or working on draws or or a first pass or a or a one time or whatever it ends up being um the players that put that time in and realize like i need to improve this skill so i can be good in college they always get there the kids that put in the work extra work always get there because you never know like you just said like if there's a college coach watching us practice, which they often do on a random Tuesday and you decide to take that Tuesday off and not work that day, like that coach knows it. Yeah. And, yeah. And I couldn't agree with you more. Like, and even, even the little things like just in prep school, you, you touched on and, and even midgets, like the, the habits and playing the competitiveness. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's horrendous. And, you pick up those bad habits, but at the BCHL level, like you, you got to know, look, I, I can't be doing this. Like I was doing and, and the kids that realize that quicker than, than later. And, and that's part of that's them uh, wanting to improve their game and put in the time. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think getting back to Alberni Valley, I guess 
getting into your kind of coaching philosophy, whatever you could tell us, I guess what kind of culture are you trying to instill there? And I guess, you know, if there were a couple concepts of how you would describe Alberni Valley hockey from your uh, point of view, I mean, I guess, how would you kind of answer that? Yeah. We want um, our players to be um, very competitive, you know, with themselves and with teammates uh, to push practice to get us better. Um, that just, you practice, you know, if you're only playing Thursday or Friday, Saturday, uh, we're practicing four to five times for every two games. So you, you can't just turn it on Friday, Saturday. It's got to be, um, and not every practice or every, every you know, 60-minute practice uh, is going to be high intensity. But there'll be 10 to 20 minutes every day where you need to show how hard you want it. And those kids that, that we need those kids. I, that's just, it, it trans, uh, it works with me. It works with our staff. I think it, it helps that player become a better hockey player. Um, it's, it's always going to be competitive. Uh, at some point in the, in every player's career that's, that's leaving this league, um, it's going to be competitive just to get in the lineup. Um, the, uh, you know, the, there's a couple of guys that have left Canadian junior hockey, you know, you know Makar in, in Colorado is just a, automatic staple um Tyson Jost fought with it a couple of times at uh, being in and out of the lineup in Colorado and and now is uh is a fixture on their you know third fourth line sometimes third line and um the next one will be Alex Newhook uh when he goes what's what's his first year gonna look like and um, those guys have all had no problems being in the lineup but uh they've done a good job um, in junior hockey kind of understanding they're 200 foot players. I know one of them's a defenseman, but they don't, uh, they're not risk takers. Uh, you know, they, they understand the game. And so getting back to our guys, just being very, very competitive. We like to play with pace. Um, you can't be an individual. You, you can't be a player that stick handles for too long. Um, you, you gotta be able to move the puck and use your teammates, uh, at some point our best hockey player is going to run into a great league where everyone's real, real good. And he can't do it all by himself. So they need to learn those lessons. So for me, it's being, you know, competitive, working with your, with your team. That's um, the, that's the two big things that, uh, you know, we want guys that can't be, um, it's all about me and, and I'll, and I'll bring you guys along. It's okay if they think that internally, but they got to, know show how they're using their team and we like to use our whole lineup it's uh it sounds cliche and people might roll their eyes at that but it's i mean if you watch how we play and you've you've kind of seen how i coach over the years it's it's what we want to do um every player is wants to improve and uh i'm not recruiting three lines of forwards we're recruiting four and we're not recruiting 4d we're recruiting we're recruiting six and if you want to win the top six and top four um, that's from, you know, I think it's as far back as the eighties. Like I, I don't think you can, you can't win in our league with six forwards. Um, you can't run four, four defensemen that long. Um, you need a whole squad to do it, whether it's a fourth line player playing 10 minutes and the third line player is playing 13. That, that's a small difference, but there, those three minutes really, really matter. Um, so it's uh yeah, it's a it's a group group collection is what I'm getting at, and it's, yeah. uh, again, it's so it's so cliche, but it's you know there's a reason why these things uh, these these cliches never leave the game. 
because they always will be true, whether it's a hundred years ago or a hundred years from now. Yeah. I, I, and, and just from an outsider perspective, like seeing the league, all the teams, even a trip last year I made when I was with some colleges, like, like the teams that would differentiates, obviously there's coaching that goes into a talent, but the teams that have those deeper rosters, if they have five compared to the team that have 60 that can all play and, you know, the five, six isn't just some guys that go out there and play seven, eight minutes and, and, and they're just kind of average. Like it really separates, you can kind of see where the league kind of separates itself from certain teams to others um, with that depth. And even in that, right. Having two good goalies. And, you know, like you said, you can't run all these guys. If you're, if you're short on your kind of your, your horses, it really does make a difference across the league and it makes the league better. I mean, if every team has deeper, deeper rosters, it's, it makes it even that much more of a grind every night, I guess, Touching on that kind of stuff with the players and talent, I mean, talk about your guys' recruiting philosophy. I mean, I, I think people – obviously, you mentioned there's no draft. I know there's a, there's a lot of intense system as far as signing guys to, to have the, the intention of playing for certain teams in your league. But, I mean, what is your recruiting philosophy? Where are you guys finding talent? And I guess, too, to round that out, you know, how do you guys go about finding uh, Americans on, on your end? I think the, the biggest thing for finding Americans is, um, is people you trust. Like people like you, other other advisors and schools. You know, you're you have um, you've got uh, substance when you, you know when you're, when you're calling a, a team and sure. and you're trying to help a player move on because you know it's it, it's when a player leaves here and goes to school. Like I want that school to call me back and say, "Who's your next guy?" And because if you're sending players that you know, are, are bad apples off the ice or, or just, you know, or it's just a real big favor to the family. Like it, it, Hey, it's at some point that, I mean, for me, that doesn't work is for yeah. our program. We need players that uh, want to be players and players that uh, um, are working every day or students of the game. Um, I like to have a individual that's not a, not just a hockey nerd. I like to have somebody with some color and some real life experience I think those ones uh, are a lot more fun to coach, to be honest. Um, but I'm not going to say we'll turn away a hockey nerd. Like they're, you know, it t- <laughs> takes a lot of different things to, to have a player. But I think as a recruiter, it's it's uh, you need to have people you trust, um, and that's uh, that's the biggest thing. It's we'll go down occasionally to to watch some players um, and have some scouts in the area uh which we do but uh you know i'm always going to run those those names off of you know guys like you or guys in other junior programs um or colleges or nhl guys in that area that uh that are going to go watch it's uh um you know that's the beautiful thing i think about hockey sometimes is that uh, uh there's a wide group of really really good people um who like to share information and like to see these guys move on no matter where it is. It's not just Alberni or Penticton or Dubuque or, you know, or Northeastern or North Dakota or Arizona, you know, for a guy that's uh, uh, an NHL guy um, or an advisor, it's, it's sometimes just moving the player on, um, you know, it just betters the game. And it's, uh, it's really interesting to see, you know, where these players can get to. Yeah, I think that is that is a good point. I mean, even even a kid, uh, you know, I have that's playing out in the BCHL. Like, I mean, I remember a college mm. even mentioning him to you, and, and they even didn't even have him, right? So, 
Uh, I think everyone's always trying to help kids along. And, and I think people don't even realize it's a small world. Uh, and even these NHL guys and colleges and, and whatever, you know, they're going to put in a good word to try and help all you guys out so you guys have the best players possible. Plus, they want they want to see the kids have success. They want to see them in really good environments. And I think going off of that, kids have a million options today. And I think this has been really informative. It's been actually pretty awesome. You know, I would, from your perspective, kids today have choices, whether it's in the BCHL itself, choices to play. And, you know, you see that decision for a lot of kids sometimes to play in the BCHL or USHL. But, you know, what advice would you give players or parents going through this process for the first time or maybe even second time, you know, and they're, they're looking to pick a junior organization and maybe their kid has a college commitment, maybe he doesn't. But, you know, what would be some things that you think they should be, you know, asking questions or considering? I think the big thing is, um, a couple big things is, you know, who are the people that are in charge of that, that kid and his teammates every day? What kind of lessons are they – you know, um, not so much learning, but what's, what's the cult? It's a hard thing to really get the answer for, but sure. What is the culture like? You know, I've got two boys, uh, one six, one's one. And if they choose to play hockey or, or do something, I mean, am I going to put them in a spot where I trust their, I don't trust their health and safety, not a chance. Yeah. And I think that those are the first it's hockey is the, the, is the reason they're going. And, uh, you know, so I think that question is a, is a big one. Like, you know, where are they going to, what's it like on that team? What's it like to play for that team? Um, but, uh, more importantly, the health and safety and I'll just, you know, I won't use a name, but right now, and there's a guy that's played in, uh, you know, many different national hockey league teams. I think he had a 10 to, know 15 year career so uh a lot of games and um played a long time and his, his son's going through the process right now and uh you know he's already playing college hockey and and is maybe uh maybe his team's not playing this year and, and can go back and play junior so he's a so he's a good player um very experienced and now is looking to do the process for one more year so he can, <clears throat> so he can play and uh his questions to me uh, we haven't even talked about hockey yet so it's like, here's a guy that's lived it his whole life. His son is going through the process, might play one day for a paycheck. Maybe not. I don't know. But right now he's playing because he loves it and gets to go to school and hasn't asked me one question in two, two phone calls that lasted almost an hour about hockey. So. Yeah, I, th I think it's – you, you kind of hit it up uh, is knowing – everything and sometimes the hockey part is not the biggest piece of it and I think it comes back to comfort and, and making sure that you you know you make that decision you're all in because if you're not on the same page with your program like it's not going to be a good fit for either side so I really appreciate you coming on and giving us all the information your your perspective your advice and obviously telling us about Alberni Valley and, and I know you guys you guys are playing tonight uh right so good luck yep uh, yep oh, I appreciate it Thanks, Colby. so yeah it's right. a lot of fun I look forward to listening to this in the future not not for me speaking but for the other people yeah really appreciate it good luck tonight we'll talk to you okay, this has been another episode of the paragon sports consulting podcast uh, thanks again everyone for listening please follow us on social media at paragon athlete uh, that's twitter instagram facebook and uh, check out our website paragonsportsconsulting.com uh, we'll have another episode out next week and uh, look forward to having you guys listen take care